omnipresence for we were at many locations this morning, but right at the designated time that you had appointed for each one of us, we woke up to see another day. Father, we don't want to take that for granted. Anybody, Father, that got up today and didn't thank you for another day, Father, we just ask that you would accept our intercessory prayer on their behalf. Then, Father, we just ask that if it is thy will that you would forgive all of us of any of the wrong thoughts, actions, or deeds that we might have committed against you. Just in case the deaf angel is to overtake any of us on this day, we won't come before you with unrepented sins. Then we just ask you to be with us as we do what you have called us to do, that is to preach your word. Father, let uh, the words that I preach today, let it encourage somebody, let it uh, give somebody some witness and power that they might go out and tell somebody in this dying world about a savior that is still waiting patiently for them. Father, we just uh, give it all to you right now. We just ask that your will will be done in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, first, giving honor to God, and um, I want to thank the uh, pastor who uh, graciously always allows us to come in his spot when he's not here. We don't profess to be him, but we do talk about the same Jesus that he talks about. So really, that's, that's all that matters. And um, those of you that have your Bibles, if you would, I'd like you to turn to uh, First Peter, the f first chapter, verses three through nine. Uh, if you have the King James Version, it'd be reading a little different than the New Living Testament that I am reading from, but I'm quite sure you'll still be able to get the, uh, the gist of what is being said there. You'll find these words there in 1 Peter. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. And uh, just for a uh, few moments, we would just like to uh, 
use a subject for this morning, fireproofed by our faith. Fireproofed by our faith. I think a lot of people, they come to Christ and they have this misconception that once they come to Jesus, all of their troubles are going to be over. All of their problems are going to disappear. All of their pain and heartaches are going to evaporate. But the real Christian only gets to show you the proof of their Christianity by the things that they endure and do not allow it to turn them around. They have something that happens in the church all the time. At invitation, people come and it's an emotional state and they come and they join and people say, if they have not did anything else after they came, this is the bunch that we get and we never see them again. Maybe that Sunday something was going on in their life that week and uh, Maybe the choir sung something that uh, tickled their soul to the fact that they ran up, but they were not rooted and anchored in God. They got caught up in what was going on, or maybe they was just having a bad week, and they finally decided that I done tried everything else. I'm going to try Jesus. They came. They gave their life. They went back home. Nothing changed, so they quit. But every Christian in the house today has a testimony to tell of how God had to fireproof them by their faith. We might not all have the same story. We might not all have the same testimony. Uh, some people had to get fireproof through sickness. They went to the doctor and what the doctor told them was not what they wanted to hear. But they did not go home and sit in a corner. They did not call all of their friends and ask them for their advice on the situation. Somebody in the house this morning went and did like Hezekiah. They went and they cried to the Lord. And they said, Lord, I know the doctor said I'm sick, but you got the final say. I know the doctor's report wasn't what I wanted to hear. But I'm trusting in you because they tell me you are a doctor that has never lost a case. And our church is full of individuals who, if they would have listened to the doctor, they would have went home and got their affairs in order because according to the doctor, they're not supposed to be here. Somebody has been down so low that they never thought that they were going to get back up. But then in the midst of being down, they decided just to try what they heard in the Bible. And from their knees or maybe prostrate to the ground, they uttered out, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Now, see, it takes faith to 
trust God when nothing is going right. See, we are pretty good at being uh, howdy, howdy, never goodbye Christians. Or we're good at uh, being fair weather Christians. But what do you do when everything that can possibly go wrong goes wrong? What do you do? Who do you turn to? Do you decide that, well, nothing's going right, so I think I better get me a drink today? Do you decide, do you decide that you're just going to sit in your room and make up your mind and say, I'm never going to come out again? Or do you get mad at God and say, I'm never, ever going back to a church house anywhere because it didn't help me. When I called the church, I needed some help. They said they couldn't do it, so I'm through with the church. But when you've been fireproof by your faith, you look in the word and you think of some other individuals that had been fireproofed. Uh, we look at Job and all that he went through. And I don't think none of us individually has suffered the enormous amount of loss that he lost all in a, we don't know if it was in a succession of hours, succession of days, but we do know in the end he lost everything and then got sick on top of it. But he was still able to utter out these words in the uh, Job, the 13th chapter, the first part of verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Whoever been there where you just seemed like everything was going wrong, but you done decided that I'm going to trust him anyway. Now when you look back, you see that it was not as hard as you thought it was. So now when the same situation comes along and you think that you don't have no hope because you already been fireproofed, you tell the devil that he might as well take that somewhere else. Because you can't get me with that again. I cried the Lord and he came through. So I know that what you're talking about, it don't mean nothing to me. He can't stop me. Get under my feet. But in order to make it in the Christian, on this Christian journey, you have to. You have to. The one requirement that you got to have is faith. I didn't say it. I didn't make it up. In Hebrews 11 and 6, the writer put it there. But without faith, it is impossible it doesn't say it's hard. It doesn't say it's difficult. It didn't say it said it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, diligently means you know that you go on. Uh, you using all of your efforts. You're not making no half-hearted attempt. You are really into this. Like if they they sang a chant all the time at prayer meeting, and I think a lot of times we don't really uh, understand that until you've really been through something. They uh, when people praying and the chanters will start out. If the Lord don't help me, I can't stand the storm. 
See, when you've been fireproofed and storms come, he will be a human umbrella for you. The storms can keep coming. They can pound you. They can beat you. Uh, the wind can keep blowing. But when all of that is over, and after all the attacks that Satan has bought in your life, when he looks for you and thinking that you're going to be somewhere standing in the corner crying and shriveled up, you looking at him and you say, I am still standing because of my faith. Now, when we look at what First Peter tells us that we're going to get all the rewards that we have. Yes. Aren't you glad that God has gave you something that nobody can take away? Yes. None of your enemies can take it. None of the people in government can take it. They can come back. The politicians can do whatever they want with health care, with Social Security, with anything else, but the joy that we have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. You know what God will do for Christians? They can take all the health care they want. You know God's a big enough God that a Christian might not never have a sick day ever. That same doctor that's thinking he's about to make all this money off of you because according to this new plan, they're going to raise your care so much. He'll see something one day. You'll go talk to God about it the next day. The next time he see you, he'll be like, I don't know what to tell you. But whatever it was that was going on with you, it's not going on no more. And then the Christian has to be able to boldly tell him, like, I know what happened. God stepped in because he was just using sickness to fireproof my faith. Now, sometimes, you know, stuff has to be personal, and uh, you don't really get to see uh, fireproof faith until you don't witness things firsthand. And uh, one thing I can say about my mother when she got sick from the beginning, she said she wasn't worried about it. Me and my sister was worried about it. We couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't work, stomach was hurting. And when we went to see the doctor, the doctor was telling us what was going on with her and everything, and then he said, well, talk to your mother. Now, you know my mother, very forthright. She told him, that is not what I asked you to do. I only asked you to explain to my children what was going on. I didn't ask you to get their opinion on whether or not I needed to take any treatments or not, because I already told you I wasn't doing that. He said, I'm their mother anyway. They can't tell me nothing. <laughs> and so the doctor, he was, when he was talking to me, and my sister, he was telling us like, your mama keep talking about some angels is going to take care of her. What is she talking about? I said, doc, you got to ask her. <laughs> I mean, she can't make it no plainer than that. But that had to be an individual that was, though he slay me, I would trust him. And right from the beginning, she explained to me and my sister, I done did everything I wanted to do. I done been everywhere I wanted to be. I am ready. In other words, she was telling us, get ready, because I'm gone. But she knew where she was going, so she was not worried about it. Then if you want to look at the ultimate 
fireproof, by faith experience, look in that third chapter of Daniel. You'll find out it was three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were supposedly thrown in a fiery furnace seven times hotter than normal. But they went in with the faith belief that if they went to the furnace, God was going to save them because of their faithfulness. And a few verses down at the end of that chapter, you find out that even the king, he knew that their God was who he said he was. He went looking for them, and he called out, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They said, we right here. After that, he decreed that they God, everybody in the land, needed to serve. And sometimes when you get ready to preach, always as preachers, you're looking for confirmation. This morning in the Daily Bread, the scriptures was about a fire. Somebody had been fired proof by faith. It talked about all that Paul had been through. And none of us have been through none of the stuff he'd been being whipped, being in prison, being shipwrecked, being bit by snakes, being cold, being naked, being hungry. All of these things happened to him, but at the end he was saying, I still trust God to do what he says he's going to do. And the sooner as we come to the realization as Christians that once we accept him, we are in a battle. Satan is not going to go sit in a corner just because you profess Christ. His job is to try to see if he can get you to give up on what you believe. But we have to understand and make the firm commitment that I am on the battlefield for the Lord till I die. That's a, that's a deep statement, till I die. Not as long as everything is going all right. Not as long as you have all the money you want. Not as long as you've got a posse of friends. Not as long as uh, you are doing wonderful in your uh, relationship life, your love life, uh, your everything. But when you don't have, that's when we find out. Second Corinthians gives us an example of what a Christian is ought to go through. So anybody that thinks that just because you're a Christian, you're not going to have any problems, then they're not reading the same Bible that I'm reading. It tells us all the time in uh, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 8 through 9. How many people can testify that this has went on in their life? We are troubled on every side. That means frontward, backwards, left to right. yet not distressed. See, if you're going through trouble and nobody don't know you're going through trouble, that's when you know God done fireproofed you. See, God don't want no Christians every time something go wrong, you dragging in the church. How you doing today? Oh, Lord, have mercy. My knee hurt. My back hurt. I got a headache. The kids is acting up. The dog bit me. My boss is getting on my nerves. But God wants some Christians that no matter what you're going through, when people greet you and ask you how you're doing, you can say, I'm blessed and highly favored. And that God is good all the time. All the time means when I'm up, when I'm down, when I'm right, 
when I'm wrong, when I'm rich, when I'm poor. But God is good all the time. As we go on in that verse in 8, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Yes, some things are going to happen we're not going to understand. It's going to be some things if you look at uh, what's going on in our society. Nobody understands how innocent people keep getting killed by the police with videos, with even uh, their own cameras, citizens' cameras. But every time they make it to the courthouse, no charges are filed. But as the Christian, we can be perplexed all we want, but not in despair, because we know the words of that song we will understand it better by and by. By and by. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But as a Christian, the reason you don't get it in despair is because uh, the word says that everybody's going to give an account of the deeds done in this body, whether good or bad. In our community, consistently young men are killed and the crimes go unsolved. These mothers and these uh, fathers and uh, these children, these siblings, they have to go years and years not knowing what happened to their loved one. But I just came by to tell them, and when you talk to them, encourage them, let them know there's no such thing as an unsolved crime in God's book. He knows who did it. And although we might not physically see them have to pay for it, you can bet at the judgment day when uh, the list of deeds done in their body, good or bad, are going to be bought up. Uh, somebody's going to be shocked when they done got away all these years and they're standing before God at the judgment seat. And he said, oh, by the way, that killing that you committed in Cincinnati that you thought nobody seen, didn't nobody say nothing because of the street cold. Nobody didn't want to be no snitch. But I come to tell you today, I'm snitching on you. You did it, and you got to pay for it. Then the ninth verse of that same chapter says, we are persecuted, but not forsaken. I don't care what nobody do to you. I don't care who likes you, who don't like you. I don't care, you know, if everybody on the job you think is against you. I don't care if sometimes you go in there and if it would not be for you knowing God, your boss might would have to run for cover. Don't worry about it because you are not forsaken because God told us in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You might get cast down. And all of us are going to run into some troubles in our life. But he says there, we cast down, but not destroyed. How many of you have came back from the ruins of a situation? It could be the ruin of heartbreak. It could be the ruin of a job loss. It could be the ruins of uh, your children just doing everything contrary to everything you taught them. But it has not destroyed you because you came to the conclusion one day, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. I'm about to use this fireproof faith that I had and I'm going to give them crazy children to the Lord and be done with it. I know sometimes it's hard and uh, you don't want to, you know, you think that you can handle everything, especially, especially you women. Y'all think y'all can fix every problem these kids got. But you know, sometimes God sends your children through stuff because he's trying to fireproof them. 
They can't get to heaven on what you know. They can't get to heaven because grandma and grandpa and great-grandma and great-grandpa and their mother and father and all of their sisters and brothers and all of their aunties and uncles, they all know Jesus. They have to know Jesus for themselves. And when we think that God's not doing nothing, uh, we'll sit back and things will happen. Uh, just this morning, I got a call. One of my sons told me he was going to do something. And I just, you know, at first when he called, he said, what you doing? I said, well, I ain't got time to talk to you. I got to preach. He said, oh, well, you probably don't want to hear my mess this morning, Daddy. I said, no. Nah. I said, I got time. I got time. And uh, he said, uh, I'm going to quit drinking. I said, so I said, what'd you say? <laughs> and he told me, he said, I called my mother, I called both my brothers, and I called you. And uh, so I was just teasing him. I gave him a little inside joke. I said, well, when he called your mama, uh, did she tell you the same thing that Mr. Willis said? Miss Willis used to say all the time, did your mama say, I heard that before? <laughs> But, and I told him, and we went to talking, and I told him, I said, I haven't never said anything to you about your drinking because I knew you was going to make up your mind to stop. You know, he went on to tell me about you know, all these, you know, I, I think physically I'm having problems behind this. And I'm like, well, you know, if you drink, you know, people do have physical problems. I mean, you know, cirrhosis of the liver. Bad kidneys. And uh, he was saying, I'm too young to have to get up and be on crutches. I'm too young to have to need hip surgery because my hip is hurting. He said, I think this gout might be jumping. He said, one day it's my ankle, the next day it's my knee, and the other day it's my hip. And in the back of my mind, I was just saying, God will do whatever he got to do to get your attention. It doesn't make no difference how much I brow with a brow beaded him about you need to quit drinking, you need to quit drinking, you need to quit drinking until he made up his mind. And then he was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, you tell me all the time, you know, God, I said, don't try to do it by yourself. I said, you're not the first person that quit drinking. And most of the time, the only ones that succeeded was the ones not trying to do it on their own. Then the, then the conversation kind of shifted. It's like, well, maybe if I change the, I said, oh, wait, wait, I said, so that's just the devil. Don't change the beer you're drinking. If you say you're going to quit, quit. But this is going to be his faith test. He's thinking, I'm going to be crazy. I don't know what I'm doing. I said, all you can do is like AA tell you is take it one day at a time, son. Then I shared with him an individual I knew that was drinking. They was drinking. They was using drugs. They quit. And I told him they didn't do anything. They didn't go to nobody's facility. They didn't do nothing. They just made up their mind. It got to the point where they was ready and they did not do anything. I told him, you can do it. It's just going to be up to you. But uh, I, he's going to have to trust God in this. God is going to have to fireproof him by his faith. He's going to have to believe the God that he came up and accepted on his own is able to help him through that. As far as I'm not, even, I'm not even saying nothing about it. That's between him and God. That's their business. All I'm going to do is pray that he calls on the God that he knows. And then another way we can tell we've been fired proof by our faith 
When you think about what God has done for us, the fact that he has uh, promised us wonderful joy, he has promised us something that's more precious than gold, uh, he's going to reveal it to us at a later day. In Romans, it talks about how good God was for us in Romans 5 and 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's something to shout about. But we could change that if we wanted to make that a present day translation, it could read that while we are still sinners, Christ has died for us already. The sinners that's going to come after us, he already done died for them. Uh, the sinners that are uh, right now, he's already done died for them. So God has done his part. So once we know that we have been fireproofed. We ought to be able to give a declaration to the world that when our time of departure has arrived, we'll be able to say like Timothy and 2 Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. But what a lot of people want to leave off of there is I have kept the faith. The only reason you're able to fight a good fight is by faith. The only way you're able to finish your course is by faith. If you give up in the middle of the race, you don't get anything for that. But when each one of us look back over our lives and we think about all that we've been through, all of the ups, all of the downs, any of the hurts, any of the pains, even the good times, your worst of times, you can truly look back and see that it was because of your faith that you made it. It wasn't because you were so lucky. It wasn't because uh, you were so determined. It's because God sent you through so many different things in your life so that every little thing that came along, it would not shake you. And if you want to know that you've been fireproof by faith, the biggest single thing that we as humans have to go through is death. When you lose a loved one, you thought that it was the end of the world. But because God done fireproofed you, you might not have felt good that day, maybe not the next day, maybe not the next month. Sometimes maybe not the next year. But at some point, God came in and he gave you the strength that you didn't know that you had. And even though you love that person that you lost dearly, you love God more. Because you accepted his will in the situation. Now, none of us are happy when we get that call about death. But if you look at the Christian and you look at the unsaved world when death happens, it ought to be a total different reaction. I've been to some of them worldly funerals. They walk right up into church, don't care nothing about who there, walk up to the casket, put their joints in there, put their bottles in there, go to the cemetery. Soon as the pastor done got finished doing committal, they having a drink for their homie, pouring some on the grave, 
he can't drink nothing. <laughs> but the Christian, they go to the grave. When the pastor, right before he does the internment, he gives them that expectation. For he has us read out of 1 Thessalonians that God is going to come back. <laughs> And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. So we are not saying goodbye to our loved one. We're saying we see you later if we know him ourselves. But see, you got to be fireproof to believe that. Because if not, uh, everybody that lost a husband, everybody that lost a wife, everybody that lost a child, everybody that lost a mother or a father, a sibling, they will be totally destroyed if they did not, did not know that God says it's not over. And then we have to understand that when we fireproof, Nothing ought to be able to shake us. Nothing ought to be able to shake us. I mean, we might get uh, staggered, but nothing ought to be able to completely knock you down because you know that God is able. See, can't nobody tell you that. You have to know that for yourself. And then, if you've never been through nothing, you can't be trying to tell people that been through something that everything is going to be all right. But if you done been through some storms in your life, if you done been through some troubles, you ought to shout from the rooftops that the only reason I made it was because God was on my side. See, I'm 200 plus, so I can't sit up there and tell nobody that I've been hungry. Because <laughs> they ain't going to believe that. But somebody been hungry. Somebody had some kids in their house. Didn't know how they was going to feed them. But when they looked back, because they trusted God, everything worked out. When you're younger and you see stuff happening, you be thinking, oh, I don't believe that. Till you get older. I used to hear some of these uh, single parents in this church, some of the oldest mothers, talking about they didn't know how they was going to feed their kids. Somebody knocked on the door and bought them something. See, that's nobody but God. He did it for them because of their faith. They went in the house. They didn't go crying about, oh, whoa, whoa, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family. They went down on their knees and they talked to God and they told him Lord you said that you would be my provider Lord you said you would be my protector Lord you said you would be my friend when I'm friendless and now they can look back and see everything that is said that he was going to be he has done and I don't know what you've been through in your life but you know you know that God has came and done for you right in the nick of time. I can't tell you how good he's been to you. You can't tell me how good he's been to me. But collectively, we can say God has been good. He's been good. He's been good. When you look back, and see how far he has bought you. And then you think about some of the situations that you've been through. And at the time, you didn't even think it was God. But uh, I, I, when I first started working, I was young. I didn't know you were supposed to go to bed at night. I used to have to drive to Dayton every morning. But I wanted to hang out with my friends every night. I would leave Cincinnati at 7 o'clock, had to be in Dayton at 7.30, but I knew I had five minutes grace. I would fly up I-75, headed to Dayton. 
I would be in the slow lane. And on more than one occasion, I woke up in the grass. I done came all the way across all the lanes of the highway. But God kept me. He knew that at some point I was going to come to the conclusion that if you got to work in the morning, you got to go to bed at night. But see, when you're 19 and 20, you think you can stay up all day, all night. And ain't no, but when you look back and see everything that you've done, and uh, that's what somebody asked me uh, the other day. They was like, when they had beans and reaching teeth, and they told me, they said, well, you, don't, you ain't never ate no beans? I said, oh, I ain't never ate no beans. He said, well, what did you do when they had beans at your house? I said, well, you know, back in our time, if you didn't eat what was there, you didn't get nothing to eat. So she said, so they asked me, they said, well, what did you do? I said, well, I haven't always been a saint. I said, I probably went out and stole something and bought me something to eat. She said, what'd you say? I said, you heard me. Must have been my friends. We probably went and broke in somebody's house, sold the stuff, got us some money, and we bought us something to eat. But I look back, and I know it wasn't nobody but God. Then when you just uh, think about situations, people that you've been around, and you can look back and see where you got fireproof by your faith. I wasn't actually stealing when I decided to, you know, get myself together, and I'm not going to do no stealing. I decided to let my friend, every time he stole something, use my car to go take the stuff to sell it. Then I found out later, well, you know, that's receiving stolen goods. But God protected me from that. He protected me from that. I didn't know. I was just, oh, well, here, go on and take the car. But when we look back and see just how good he'd been for us, we can't do nothing but trust him. Now, I know the rest of y'all, y'all been some good Christians, goody, goody, two shoes your whole life, so you ain't, a, but when you look back and see all that God has done for you, all you can do is say, thank you. All you can do is say, thank you, because he has done his part, and because he has done his part for all of this time, I don't care what light sends my way. I'm ready. Because I have a faith that is rooted and grounded in Jesus. And no matter what life sends my way, I'm going to trust God that he's going to work it out in my favor. And in Romans 8 and 38, as I, 8, 38 and 39, as I take my seat, you have to see there that God is. Paul has covered everything in these scriptures to let you know if you fired proof by faith, nothing should be able to shake you. Nothing should be able to turn you around. For you'll find these words there. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And when you got faith, you're going to say, no matter what comes my way, my faith looks up to thee. Thy Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. See, that's when you got faith. When you got faith, you're going to say, I'm going to hold on till my change comes. When you got faith, you're going to say, I will run on and see what the end's going to be. When you have faith, you can say that I will trust in the Lord till I die. I mean, I might not have good days every day, but all the days that I have, I'm going to trust him. I may not have everything that I want, but he done gave me everything that I need. 
I might not be in the best of health, but at least I'm healthy. I might not be able to do the things I used to do 20 years ago, but I still can wave my hand. I still can stop my foot. I ain't going to say I can run. But anything that we have been through, we can look back. And when you look and see, no matter what you're going through, it's somebody always far worse. I thank God that I'm not in the nursing home this morning. I thank God that although I eat everything I want, I'm not on no high blood pressure, not on no cholesterol, don't have no sugar, because God has taken care of me. Not that I didn't took care of myself, but he has taken care of me. And then God knows what each one of us can stand. God knows that as tough as I try to act like, he knows I'm a big crybaby, so he knows sickness can't be my lot because I wouldn't do nothing but sit around and cry about it. So he hadn't made that my lot. But somebody out here knows that you were sick. The doctor said you wasn't going to get well. But wave your hand if you're here this morning. Because God stepped in. He fireproofed your faith by showing you. Somebody ain't always done everything they're supposed to do. And then sometimes what you get, it don't always uh, go for you. Uh, I think about my kids, they not no saints, but God has been a lawyer in the courtroom for them. Every time they went, they came back home. So God would do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think through Christ Jesus because of our faith. So I just want you to know today that if you're going to make it, you're going to have to be fireproof. Don't think that everything is going to go all right. But when it, things go bad, don't turn to your friends. Don't turn to your loved ones. Don't turn to the uh, soothsayers on TV. But turn to Jesus and everything will be all right.